Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show. We've got a lot of exciting news for you today, and to begin with, we'd like to thank you for helping to make Typology such a success. We are over eight and a half million downloads So thank you all for making that a reality. That is such a big, big deal. So thank you. Secondly, I want to announce we're taking Typology Podcast on the road. That's right. Ian and I will be doing our first ever live recording of Typology at the Balboa Theater in San Diego, March 21st. It's going to be a really fun show with music and special guests. So make sure you go over to typologypodcast.com and get your tickets. That's T-Y-P-O logypodcast.com and get your tickets. Hey, we've got a, another fantastic guest today. I know you're really going to enjoy this episode. Bill Haslam, businessman and politician who served as the 49th governor of the great state of Tennessee right here where we record typology from 2011 to 2019. He was previously the mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee. Bill began his career in business joining his father, Jim Haslam, who was the founder of Pilot Corporation. Bill became president of Pilot in the 1990s. He left Pilot from 1999 to 2001 and was the CEO of the e-commerce and catalog division of Saks Fifth Avenue. He then became a consultant to Saks and served on the board of directors at Harold's Stores, Inc. Interesting fact, he's the co-owner of the minor league baseball team, the Tennessee Smokies. And we could go on and on and on about Bill. He is a fantastic human being. He and his wife, Chrissy, live here in Nashville. They have one son and two daughters and eight grandchildren. And I can't wait for you to meet him. So without any further ado, let's get on with it. And now, here is the host of our show, Ian Cron. Bill Haslam, welcome to Typology. I'm glad to be here as a uh, as a dedicated listener. It's kind of fun to be here in person and see how the uh, how the jelly gets made. Man, you are a dedicated listener of Typology. I am, but uh, like I said, part of that's from knowing you for a long time, and then some of it is I'm. We'll talk about this more probably more than I want to. <laughs> I, I am I, I am not one of those folks who grew up. Uh, really in touch with their feelings and knowing kind of where I was coming from. I'm a three. I'll go ahead and let let the let the cat out of the bag. Uh, so, you know, this is this has been helpful. And uh, I listen a because I know you and I know it'll be entertaining. But b it's every time I learn a little something more. Wow, that's fantastic. So let's just tell people where we first met. We first met uh, 20 years ago, I'm guessing. Yep. Uh, mutual friend of ours, or friends, Rick and Joe Woolworth. Um, you were the the priest at their startup church, um, and we met in Greenwich, Connecticut. And then traveled to? Oh, oh wow. Yeah, that's a fun part. We get, uh, we went to the Bahamas together, didn't we? Yep. To, to Exumas. Wow. Yep. I'd actually, I remember, because I'd literally just been elected mayor, hadn't been sworn in. I'd been elected the week before. And I remember when we planned the trip thinking, this will either be a great, fun getaway uh, before I go to work, or it'll be a consolation trip. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, man. All right, let's talk about, where, what was your, your first introduction to the Enneagram? So actually, my daughter-in-law and son uh, had been uh, reading it and learning it about it, and they told us about uh, they told us about the road back to you. 
And I said, whoa, 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 that's Ian. I know him. And, of course, that we went up two or three notches in their eyes because we knew Ian. <laughs> I said, wait, in real life, it's not really all that great. It's okay. Um, but then, uh, so that was, I don't know, three – when when the book come out? Three years ago. Okay, so this would have been about uh, fall of – do my math right? 16, was it yep. out then? Mm-hmm. Okay, and so that year at Christmas, we – every other year go with all of our – our children are grown. They're in their, now in their 30s and have kids of their own. We go every year between Christmas and New Year uh, somewhere, and uh, that year we said, Let, let's all read The Road Back to You. And uh, the book was fairly new, and it was it was it, I hate to say nice things about you to your face, but it was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. <laughs> and, and so, but it, I mean, and I actually would recommend this to other if you're part of a family and do so because it was, you know, our by then adult children, but their spouses as well, and we had some great conversations. So. Uh, every night we'd put grandkids to bed and then we'd stay up and uh, have a conversation and talk through, you know, we took turns. Everybody took a night and um, talked through numbers. And, you know, like for me, some with my own kids that I'd obviously literally known all their lives, but then in-laws who were newer, uh, it was great insight. And it was fun conversation. And since then, we've kind of looked for what what else can we do like that that will get a family conversation where everybody's a part of it. Right. I, one of my favorite memories is, uh, I think it was the morning of New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, that's right. You sent me a picture that's right. of the whole Haslam clan, which is only about 35 people, <laughs> uh, including babies, that's holding right. up copies of The Road Back to You with one hand and their Enneagram that's number. Right. Uh, as best if it was that's old, right. You know, in their other hand, and uh, uh, those of us with single digits held the book. Everybody that's else right. used both hands. But right. even to see a, a two-year-old right. baby that's with right. its own fingers <laughs> up in the air was was pretty that's awesome. Great. We hope twenty years from now he thinks that we got his number right. That <laughs> <is great>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, um, what what was the 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 most clear clue to you that? You were an Enneagram three performer. You know, I, you know, in the when you you start the those chapters and saying, you know, it, it, see if these statements apply to you. I can't remember your exact words, and there was like twenty of them. And, and of those twenty, I was like about fifteen. I'm gonna go up. Oh, that's me. Uh, everything from and and it helps when you're married because your spouse is kind of looking and laughing and elbowing. Uh, but some of the things about threes are, you know, you want every day to have a plan. Uh, you believe that being you know, effective is one of the highest virtues in life. Uh, you tend to want to get together with, this is what got Christy's attention, you, you want to get together with your spouse every year and grade your marriage on, you know, all these different, and literally we had been, we, we don't do it as much now, but we, we started out doing that because I thought that would be a good idea. So as you ran, read through them, I kind of that thought, yep, that's, most of those are me. Uh, and then... At some point in time, maybe a year ago, you developed a little bit more intensive test. Right. Because you always think, because you hear the downsides to your number, you go, well, maybe I'm really not a three. Uh, and so so when you said, here, take this more intensive test, and I did, and it said, no, you're, you're a three. For sure, right? I, I think so. I mean, I think there's a little bit of two, a little bit of two and maybe some seven, but it's pretty hard to get away from a three. So here's something I would ask, because this always happens. What did your kids think you were? Yeah, no question. They, they, and like when, 
like I said, every night we would talk about somebody, and my night went really fast because there wasn't a lot of debate. <laughs> it was, they were like, "Yeah, you're you're a three. Let's move. Who, who's next?" So, so when that wow. was going on, did did on a particular night, did only one person go and talk about their life experience? Well, yeah, we, the numbers didn't work to that, so we sometimes had to. Occasionally, you know, it all depends. Like some people would have a night to themselves, others would share. Do you feel that process helped you all get closer to identifying your numbers? Yeah, so both of my daughters were a little uncertain, like, here's 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 what I am. And Chrissy, Chrissy's one of the, my wife, Chrissy, is one of those folks that in every test, like, she kind of comes out near the, like on a Myers-Briggs, like, people would come back and go, you're just kind of right there on the line. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of, Chrissy's kind of that way. So really with both of my daughters and with Chrissy, you know, here's what we think, but there wasn't that same kind of certainty. Are they all sixes? Chrissy's a six. Uh, both of my daughters are probably nines. I think they said they thought they were nines. Right. So just so you know, uh, when I'm at a conference yeah. and a person comes up to me at the end of the day, it's never middle yeah. of the day, at the end of the day, and says, you know, what number on the Enneagram has the hardest time figuring out their number? I go, sixes. Right. Yeah. And, and the reason it's the end of the day is the six wants to hear every Everything. single number yeah. before they make the decision. Right. right. And so that's, you know, Chrissy and I learned early, like, we just make decisions really differently. You know, if if Chrissy's going to go buy something, she wants to look at everything like that to make certain she's getting the right one. And mm-hmm. I'm like, that one will work. Let's go. Uh, and I don't, I don't think it's a male-female deal. I think it's just we just make decisions very different. Sure. Threes and sixes – Definitely do. Yeah. Threes are going to be much faster decision yep. makers. Uh, they'll, um, uh, you know, and part of that is just the threes uh, attention is drawn to efficiencies, right? It's Very like, much. how much time can I save here? That's right. At some point in time, this decision is not worth as much time as we're putting into it. Let's just go. Yes. Yeah. Right. And the six is thinking, no, we have need to be more deliberate. There could be a better one. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And so, so on that score, how so? How has the enneagram, since you've learned it, affected your marriage to Chrissy? Yeah, I, I think some of it are things like that. Like, hey, this isn't a male-female thing. This isn't a good-bad thing. It's just realizing that we just look at things really different. Number one, number two, six, and you know, Chrissy tends to be to think through. Okay, what 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 could go wrong here? Um, you know, what what could happen? You know, the whole sense of danger deal mm-hmm. is a lot stronger in her than it is in me. Um, and I, I've part of it is just this lesson for me in general i've learned to be like i need to i need to to think through not just this decision but what's pushing me in that in that area rather than let's go right now so one of the big life decisions that you've made recently is uh you went through two terms as governor right uh arguably the most popular governor that in my uh, house <laughs> <laughs> but i i i know this from talking to many people and and actually uh, a most popular governor across parties that that's been my conversation surprise you know in this very hyper partisan environment you have been a political figure that uh more than most has been appreciated by both democrats and republicans well, I think part of it is this, you know, as a as somebody who's a, 
a believer, one of your fundamental truths should be this. You know your own brokenness, messed upness, whatever you want to call it, sinfulness, whatever whatever words you want to use. And so you start with realizing that in this sense of because that's true, well, the other guy might be right. Mm-hmm. Uh, my political mentor was a guy named Howard Baker, who was United States Senator, became majority leader, and Reagan's chief of staff, ambassador to Japan. But he had a famous saying, and he was from a little town called Huntsville, um, Scott County, just north of Knoxville. And he, he would his saying was, the other fellow might be right. Always remember the other fellow might be right. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have your own convictions, but it kind of helps to think, okay, I'm I know myself well enough to know I, I might have messed this up for my own reasons. So let, let's see if the other guy's right. Well, that's refreshing in this day and age. Well, it is, I, And I think that the problem is when you're there in politics, people can, can, confuse, uh, kind of accuse you of being part of the mushy middle. And that's not in, in political terms. And today, that's not people don't think that's a, a good place to be. But it, I think it is a this idea of that we would be. You know, there, there's a verse in, in James where it says, when it says like true wisdom, it goes through a lot of things. And one of those is open to reason. Mm. Okay. Now, unfortunately, Christians in politics were not really thought of when they said open to reason. Is that how you describe Christians in politics? The answer would probably be no, unfortunately. But that's that's about as, I mean, I'll, I'll argue that scripture, you know, it's it, it scripture all day long that that's part of who we're supposed to be. Mm. I was... I have forgotten that scripture, but I'm going to pull that baby out. It's in James 4. Man. Or 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I mean, I, I, I know a few of your kids. I've, yeah. I've met, I don't think right. I've met all of them, right. but I've met yeah. two or three. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, when you look back, yeah. how would you have parented differently if you'd known the Enneagram? earlier in your marriage and when your kids were young yeah so you know it's you know it's too bad that wisdom comes with time because i i it, it would have helped me incredibly because as a three like I said the the good thing is you don't spend a lot of time navel gazing the bad thing is you don't spend time being introspective and so i the 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 worst assumption and the the most you know harmful assumption I made as a parent was, these kids are just like me. Mm. Here's how I grew up. This, you know, here's here's how I think life should happen. Everybody should think life should happen. And then obviously your kids are not like you. And um, I, again, when I look back at the, you know, the things, places where I fell short as a parent, it starts right there with thinking they're just like me. Mm. And 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 the answer is of course they weren't right. Have you had opportunity? I this is something that that I feel blessed to have had the opportunity to do. Um, to go back to your kids and say, mm. you know, I, I if I'd known then what I know now, I'd have done this differently, and I'm sorry. Uh, I have, and I'll give you a, a really true story of my, my daughter-in-law, the one who first introduced us to the right. Enneagram. Um, I was talking to her one time, and I said something that affects, you know, I wish I'd have known when um, uh, when I was raising my kids. I, I, actually, I was talking about her husband. I said, I wish I'd have known this. And she looked at me and said, you know, it's not too late to tell him that. 
And um, that that's, you know, as adults, you, you kind of think, okay, my parenting part's done, but it, it, it's not. And as people, you adult children, you want to have long-term relationships with, it's just a good thing to know that you can go back and say, I, I messed that up. You know, in my experience, I, I, this happened with Maddie and I, uh, and we, I once said to Maddie, um, you know, baby, there's probably going to come a time in your life when you're going to be mad at me for the mistakes that I made. Yeah. And I want you to know that that's normal, uh, that that could happen. And if by chance I'm not here to tell you this in person, uh, I'll tell you now that I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and it was maybe, you know, sort of like one of those holy moments that I didn't plan. I didn't, I didn't say, okay, I'm going to do this today. It just happened. And I think in many ways it changed everything. Yeah. You know, I, 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 that, that is, I mean, to me, that's great insight. And so, um, I said the, the, uh, one of the great uh, gifts of grace in my life has been having adult children that we love and we love being with them. And, um, you know, you're kind of grateful that you they, they could be saying, you know, any issues I have, you know, yeah. the, the, the blinking sign points to you, which is probably true. But the, the, again, they're people of great grace that right. it's just made it fun to be their friends as well as their father. Yeah, that's wonderful. So... You know, uh, threes are in this um, heart triad, and in that triad, um, you have twos who are exquisitely attuned to the feelings of other people, fours, hello, me, who are exquisitely attuned to their own feelings, and then threes who go, what feelings? Mm -hmm. Um, How... It's not that you don't have them. You do, yep. and sometimes very powerfully. But the problem is recognizing what they are um, beyond maybe just the basics, yeah. you know? Um, and you actually mentioned this earlier. Um, how have you navigated or tried to learn the uh, vernacular or the vocabulary of feelings? Yeah, it's a... That that's definitely been a learning process, and I, Chrissy and I agree on lots of things, and one of those is she probably wouldn't have liked me in high school, <laughs> uh, and she she probably wouldn't have. Uh, and some some and some of that is you know when you talk about you know who you are as a three that yeah I was a three, and some of the the the, the not so attractive parts of that um, were stronger than so. For me, that's been that's been a process, um, and uh, again, I think back to you know you asked about being a parent, but as a, as a spouse, I think those those things come out even stronger. Hmm. And I think Chrissy would say, I spent a whole lot of nights going to bed unhappy about something you, that you were clueless about, right? Hmm. Uh, and you know, guilty. Okay, so but now knowing that, what kind of work are you doing? to improve in that regard yeah so some of it you know um i I think to be honest one thing that makes a lot makes that a little easier now is um my life is a little less 
uh, you know, painted to the painted to the edge of the canvas than it had, was for a lot of years. And so there is a lot. I mean, Christy and I have a lot more time where we can sit and talk at night over dinner. And a, our kids are grown. B, you know, when we were in office, literally you were doing something five out of seven nights a week, and you know, events that you had to go to, and the other two you were trying to see friends and kids, etc. So some of that is just that. I think the second is realizing this. You asked, like, when did I? When did I first? kind of figure out like, yeah, I'm a three. I, I wouldn't have had the language, but long ago, so gosh, 20 plus years ago, we decided to go see a counselor to help us be better parents. And predictably, uh, and probably appropriately, you know, the counselor zeroed in on me uh, with uh, kind of tell me, you know, how, how you are approaching this. And he said, here's your problem. And he nailed it. He said, you think if you and Chrissy start out on parallel railroad tracks and you start in the same place and you end at the same place that you went together. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow. yeah, I do. Okay, now I, I just need to stop you there because this is really important for threes to hear. Please repeat that story. Well, it was really wise advice. Like I said, this is long before I ever heard of the Enneagram, but if I'd have known, I would have said, yep, yep I'm a three. He said, you know, you. You, you think if you start at the same place, and Chrissy starts there too, and you all end up at the same place, if you go on parallel tracks that you went together, but, but you didn't. You just started at the same place and ended at the same place. Mm. And for, for me, that was an aha because I, as even if he was saying it, I was thinking, is there something wrong with that? Mm. But that, that was a really good point to say, like, you know, it, getting on the same track is a little harder. It'll take a little longer, but you'll be better um it was good advice that uh every now and then uh, i'll look at chrissy and say parallel tracks right and she'll go right you just said that uh chrissy probably would not have liked you in high school as much as she did when you were older right what would she not have liked um you know i think i'm trying to think of a a good way to um uh, particularly early junior high, early part of high school, I was probably a little bit in, more into myself than than somebody as, as solid as she would have uh, thought was appropriate. Mm-hmm. Okay, w- were you um, a kid that was very concerned with succeeding and appearing successful, and really a kid that needed to avoid failure at all costs? Yeah, I don't know if I would have said avoid failure at all costs, but I would have thought that was, um, yeah, I would have thought that was, that, that, that'd be a pretty accurate description. Mm. You know, it was important that you, you know, you run for class president, that you do, you know, that was, uh, yeah, that, that, that would have been part of my MO. Did you want to succeed, and this is a common theme for threes, yeah. In order to win the love and approval of someone special in your life, a parent, uh, a coach, a mentor, was that something you felt pressured to do? I actually don't think so. Okay. Um, I think it was just more because this in, you know, this, this inner feeling of that's what you're supposed to do. Mm. Uh, Because my, my dad is a very accomplished, high achieving person. um, But, um, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I, our dads couldn't have been more different. Right. Uh, and my dad was incredible. And to this day, he's 89 years old, and I never he never ends a conversation about saying, hey, I'm proud of you and I love you. And, mm-hmm. you know, he writes letters. He's just as incredibly affirming. 
uh, and was then too. Now, high expectations, but very affirming. So I don't think it was like, I need to do that to get my father's approval. Um, I think it was more just this sense of that. That's just what you're supposed to do. Right. And I think for some uh, kids that those perceived expectations, they may not be apparent that is right up in your grill saying, right. you must get straight right. A's, you must do this, you must do that. But the perceived expectation is as powerful uh, as the one that is explicit. And, and, and that could be, and again, I don't know if I was, if I perceived that from my parents or just perceived that, that that's just how the world works. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I can't, I can't go back. I don't, I don't have the ability to go back and figure out exactly where that was coming from. Yeah. So, um, what do you do now differently as a result of knowing the Enneagram? You know, I, I think there is a, for me, some of it is about um, trying to slow down the, the process sometimes, whatever that process is, uh, and try to listen a little better and uh, try to understand from my, for me, like, okay, if I'm feeling that way so strongly, just what, what, why, do I, why do I feel that way? Mm. Well, what, what's, what's pushing me to feel so mm. strongly about whatever it is? that that don't want to do you know i one of the things that's a little different about being you know being in your 60s and having you know been in office etc and then being on the other side is you you do gain a little different perspective um and you realize oh man some of those things that um were tearing me up inside like i I get a little bit more where it's coming from Hmm. so now you're not in office right I know that you know you went to New Zealand pretty quick, uh, but essentially, I mean, I was around when you were like moving out of the the right. mansion. Yeah, you were, yep. and uh, getting rid of that dang security detail, <laughs> which I happened to love. Don't <laughs> because you know we went to the Ryman one night and we oh, had yeah. a, we had a car uh, in front of us and a chase car behind us, and instant access. Like, we didn't have to stand in one line, which was. Maybe the most glorious night of music in my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chrissy said it fed all the wrong parts of my uh, of my you know need for let's get moving here. You know, so <laughs> and I, I there's parts of you like uh, being in office. Like I said, it's uh, you're re- eight, eight years is the right amount. Okay, I believe in terms of and there's parts of you that I'm ready to go back and drive my own car and that, but. If you go to a concert or a game or something, you miss that being dropped off, you know, underneath the stadium or right at the back door to the Ryman or whatever it is. Um, it, there's a there's a sense, and I people used to always complain about traffic in Nashville. I'm like, it's not bad. Just flip on those blue lights, pull into the, pull into the median. Why why are you complaining? And now I'm that person. <laughs> All right, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Typology, part one of our two episodes with former Governor Bill Haslam. Be sure and tune in next week for the conclusion of this interview. Hey, that's it for me, Anthony Skinner, and for Ian and myself, we hope you have a fantastic week. See ya.